Welcome to On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'll be your guide as we explore the stories of today with the personalities impacting tomorrow. Welcome to On Balance. Okay, maybe this is because I am a parent, a uh, parent first, um, and maybe citizen second. I'm not sure, but I, I'm really interested in the way in which we process information around us, and if we're getting sort of too chaotic, and how the impact that that's having on on young people. And I even wrote uh, earlier about an article in Fortune magazine where they're looking at Gen Z and really the challenge of the number of workers that are missing at least one day. Um, of work over a, a brief period of time and the impact that that, that is having, excuse me, on um, economies around the world and attributing that to anxiety. Uh, and with that said, I wanted to to learn more about what's going on for young people, especially teenagers. And there's a very thoughtful teen out of LA named Quincy Caden, and she wrote a book called Frankie's Fishy Feelings. Love that title, by the way, about a five-year-old tiger shark. Um, she is a trailblazer, and I want to celebrate her courage and I think her the substance of of who she is and what she's communicating, because far too many folks live with anxiety and they do so in the shadows and she's brave enough to come out of those shadows and share her story, uh, the impetus behind the book and all that she's doing as she looks ahead, uh, as she's, uh, you're 17, Quincy. Yeah. 17. Incredible. Well, for those, if we, if we show any of the video, you'll see the title here, but you were, we said off air, you were very kind to send me a copy of the book. My kids read it and I got the thumbs up, uh, and they're avid readers. And so that was, uh, that told me that, that they liked it. Uh, it made a lot of sense to them. And and it spoke to me as well. I, I want to start with this. And then we'll get to I know you did an op ed, which I thought was incredibly thoughtful in the USA Today. Recently, um, you know, what's fascinating about this book, Quincy, is that you decided to pick a character that was five years old. Right? Tell me about that decision uh, as an author, let alone sort of a, a young person that's decided to write a book about a very heavy topic. Yeah, so I mean, I had the idea to write a book. I wasn't sure, you know, fiction, nonfiction, what age group. And so it basically came down to I wanted to write a book for people who don't have a lot of language around anxiety, because I think that knowing how to talk about anxiety is just such a huge step in facing it. And so, I mean, kids don't really, they know how they feel. They know they might feel scared. They know they might feel sad, but I don't think anxiety is a word that's used a lot. Just, I mean, I've worked with kids. I'm a camp counselor. I've worked at certain therapy centers for kids and it's just not a term that's widely used. And so I wanted to put the word anxiety and the language that's used around it into, you know, younger kids vocabulary just so they know what they're feeling it it's incredibly deft by you meaning what a thoughtful approach to it to say and i love that when you talked about that people don't have really the language who doesn't have language around anxiety i would say as someone who is your elder by uh a magnitude we won't discuss here on the show but uh as someone that's older than you i would actually contend that even adults struggle to find the words to sort of encapsulate what anxiety looks like, looks like, how it feels, um, you know, even if they can acknowledge or understand when they're maybe making gains 
in sort of applying tools um, that they can utilize in their environments. Uh, tell me about, so where are you? I mean, you, you're very thoughtful. I mean, look, at USA Today, you wrote an op-ed called To Parents of Kids with Anxiety, Here's What We Wish You Knew. Anxiety can be deceiving without even realizing it. You could be treating the symptom and not the cause. Um, where are you in your own relationship with anxiety? I mean, I'm getting the sense that you've you've graduated to levels that feel incredibly comfortable compared to where you were um, yeah. because of your transparency. But tell me a little bit about where you are in your journey. I mean, I grew up with anxiety. I mean, as far back as I can remember, I remember, you know, the effects of it, not being able to go to play dates or after school activities. And so I started my like journey pretty early. I started going to therapy in fifth grade. Um, and so I just think that having like thought about it and spoken about it with people for so long, I'm at the point where I feel really comfortable talking about it. And, you know, I am at the point where I'm able to do all the things I want to do. You know, I still have anxiety and, you know, it can hold me back at times. It held me back, you know, last summer, like during certain things. But I think the fact that I'm at the point where I'm able to talk about it helps a lot. And I think that, you know, being able to have conversation with people allows them to open up. And I think that's just such an important step. I agree. I agree. Let's talk about, I think one of the areas that people don't like to talk about, or it's hard to sort of put two and two together is the body's response to anxiety, right? And you talk mm -hmm. about that in the book and sort of the physical uh, manifestations of anxiety and sort of how that plays out. And it can be different when we're younger versus older. And sometimes it's the very same thing, uh, we, right? We might see someone who's a little bit older that has to do something from a public perspective, public speaking, um, or stand up at some public meeting or give a presentation. And they're going to have some of the very same feelings that Frankie has yeah. in, in the book. Um, it, did you find that that was a key for you to, to start to understand and really um, gain a sense of control over anxiety in first identifying when your body was responding to something that was going on even before maybe your mind recognized it? Yeah, I mean, that, as your point, it was such an important step because I didn't know why I was having stomach aches every day or why I would feel like I couldn't breathe when I was asked to go somewhere after school. And so that unknown gave me anxiety. You know, the anxiety caused more anxiety. And so once again, giving that language, uh, like knowing that anxiety can cause this and just learning more information about it made me realize that okay, maybe this isn't me. Maybe there's nothing wrong with me. Maybe it's just how my brain is wired. And I think that really helped me to realize that I'm not so alone. And it's not just me that's suffering from this. Quincy, would you, do you think that your age group um, or just young people in general think that anxiety is so bad that we have to basically eradicate it? I'm just curious because the world is much faster now than it was when I was your age. You know, I was your age in in the 90s and we didn't have all of these different elements. We didn't have social media. We didn't have the internet. We, you know, we weren't engaging with people on such a moment by moment basis that we were concerned about our looks or if we performed on the athletic field or if someone got a better grade or looked better or went on a better vacation, right? Sort of the list goes on and on. Yeah. Um, help me understand that part of it because I sit sort of where I'm at and I think, 
and maybe this is just over, you know, <laughs> living a few more decades is just that sometimes anxiety can provide some benefit because it keeps us on our toes. It keeps us from walking into dangerous situations, right? It alerts us when maybe we don't consciously sort of see what's potentially around the corner. But I yeah. understand that challenge where it feels like it's all encompassing when we're younger um, and that that can be debilitating. So help me understand what your age group, sort of your fellow students, how do you, how do they look at anxiety? I mean, I feel like there's, you know, a line of when it's too much and that's when you, you know, go to see like professional help. But I just through my therapy process, because this was a big conversation for me. I didn't want to live with anxiety. I was like, I'm done with it. How do I get <laughs> rid get of it? it? <laughs> I don't want this anymore. Um, but I came to this realization that it's a part of me and there's ways to manage it. But no matter what, it's going to be something that I live with. Um, and you know what? Anxiety is important. It stops you from, you know, accidentally going into the wrong situation. And there's just, it's helpful. But I do think that there's times where it can be overbearing. And that's when you start to, you know, see help and all of that. Has, have, have, how do I say this nicely about my own generation or parents out there? Have we done a disservice to young people by avoiding the conversation uh, in our blind pursuit of whatever perfection is? Because it feels like if you have two sides of a coin, you have anxiety. And the other side of that is maybe this perception that you have to be perfect at whatever it is that you're sort of feeling stressed about um, or experiencing. Talk about the adult in this equation of anxiety and young people trying to uh, successfully yeah. navigate it. I mean, I think just such a good thing about, you know, Gen Z as a generation is we're much more open to having conversations about it. I mean, I've talked to my dad about it. He has anxiety, but he really didn't talk about it at all when he was younger. He felt like he was the only one, you know, with his friends that was having this. It really was just not a conversation. And I think back to, you know, like a couple days ago, I was talking about how I was nervous to go to my friend's party. And my friend was like, oh, me too. And it's just a very more open atmosphere and I think that helps to realize and it takes away the aspect of I'm alone, which is such a big thing about, I mean, all mental illness, the isolation. And so I think, you know, now that Gen Z is open to having more conversations about it, it's helping the issue overall. What are your plans with the book and what has been the response? Right now, I'm working on donating it to elementary schools across California. I've been able to donate a hundred so far. Oh, wow. And I mean, overall goal is just to get it to as many kids as possible and try to help them understand what they're feeling. Because I mean, this was just told to me by certain people just because I've sent it out. Kids have been like, I've felt this and the parents didn't know before. And they were like, I think I have, like, I've felt these fishy feelings. I've felt, you know, the beating in my chest and I've not known what to do. And I think that allowing these kids to access this resource is just so amazing. So I want to get it to as many people as possible. 
So tell me where this comes from. Maybe maybe it comes from your, your parents or an experience that you had, but here's what I find incredible about a young person with your get up and go, which is to say, look, people, let's just take anxiety, right? This is, this is human nature. This is what we all experience at different levels and in different environments at different times in our lives. And we handle that anxiety, you know, individually based on how we unique we are. Um, there is a massive chasm between we, like I experience anxiety, you experience anxiety between that and not only writing a book, but getting a book published. Yeah. And so when did that start to kindle for you where you said, I want to do more. And you talk to your parents or you talk to a friend or someone at school. And you just said, I know this maybe sounds crazy. Maybe this is not even a conversation you had. Um, but the decision to take your experience and then get creative, was it cathartic for you? And that was really sort of, it made you feel better in creating it. And then, oh, by the way, you happen to have a book at the end of the process. Or did you go into it saying, I want to give back? I, you know, last year I was started to realize that, you know, I've been so grateful to receive all these resources to help me with it. And so I wanted to do something to help. And, you know, I'd been kind of re like researching, you know, kind of putting it off. I didn't really know what to do. And then this past summer, I went to South Africa and I was having, you know, pretty bad anxiety just because I was so far away from my home. It was, you know, a new atmosphere, a new experience for me. And as I was boarding my flight home, I had a panic attack and the flight attendants really didn't understand what was going on. Neither did the captain. I tried to explain to them that, you know, I have like anticipatory flight anxiety. Like it, it makes me nervous, but after I have my panic attack, I'm fine. But they really didn't understand no matter how much I tried to explain it to them. And they offboarded me off the plane along with my mom. And, you know, I was stuck in South Africa. I didn't know if I was going to be able to get back on a plane. I didn't know how I was going to get home. And so that really like jump started me into realizing that I do need to do something. And like, this is something that I should try to do as soon as possible, because a lot of people don't understand how anxiety manifests. And I think that, you know, having this and kind of normalizing how anxiety can feel would be such a step in the right direction to help people understand it. It's an incredibly powerful story. And I know you brought that up in uh, in the op-ed in USA Today, which I would recommend people check out. Um, I think a lot of people have been there, maybe to differing degrees. Um, mm -hmm. But that that challenge of feeling secure on a flight, and let alone being in another country on another continent, yeah. um, and then being off-bordered and, and having to deal with that. Um, go down this rabbit hole with me, if you, if you don't mind, because I think it's so powerful being your age and being so expressive um, and poignant with your experience. How, how have your dreams changed since you really, I don't know, I don't want to say that you've um, conquered anxiety, right? Because, because it's something like you said, you live with it, right? We, we all mm -hmm. do in that way, but it's almost like you've developed a relationship with anxiety where, okay, I understand you're my crazy uncle kind of a thing. Yeah. And sometimes you really drive me crazy at the most inopportune time, but I recognize you. I know where you sit at the table kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Has that impacted and changed your dreams? And if so, how? 
I think that it really has. I mean, back in middle school and kind of, you know, even freshman year, it was hard for me to even leave the house. And so looking forward, I was like, how am I going to go to college? How am I going to live alone? I just thought I had like no future because it felt like I couldn't have one. It, I couldn't even leave the house. Like it just felt impossible. And so now that I've been able to, you know, kind of put it to the side, realize that it's there, but also realize that I have the control. I'm just so like, I'm excited for like the future and I'm excited to, you know, go move away for college and like live that normal life. Um, and so I'd say that's how it's changed. What do you think you'll be doing in 10 years? So what is the career that you're thinking now that you're, look, you're a published author. Yeah. <laughs> Your LinkedIn profile is growing exponentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd say my top goal right now is to work in psychology. And I know a lot of people say that, but this past summer I worked at a therapy center for kids with um, selective mutism, which is when kids won't talk in certain situations like caused by anxiety and it was a one week intensive program and so you kind of grew with the kids all week and I was able to see kids that wouldn't even talk and only whisper to their parents go and be able to order ice cream from a complete stranger by the end of the week and I think just like witnessing that and seeing how much a kid can change in such a short period of time with like the required support was amazing to me like I was in awe of these kids and how quickly they were able to change and how brave they were to be able to push past all of that and so I think being in that profession would be so rewarding so that that's the goal I'm going to make a, a wild guess that the way you just answered that question is probably the way your parents would answer it if I asked sort of what it's been like to see your transformation yeah I mean I think that maybe my process was <laughs> A little bit more stretched out, but yeah, I'm sure. Has it changed the dynamic at home? Um, because now, like we, I mean, I'm, and I'd say that, you know, sort of not half joking and I'm not demeaning it at all or diminishing it at all, but that sort of that crazy uncle, right? So, right, that, that mm -hmm. feeling that now everybody within the family unit has a better understanding of sort of what's going on and how to provide support, right? Engage, communicate. Yeah, I mean, I'm, there was a lot of frustration when I was younger because, you know, they would want to go do something. I, would be like, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to do this. And so there was always that tension. And now that we have these open conversations about it, there's a lot less just because everyone's more comfortable talking about it. I love that you just talk about open conversations. Uh, you know, people people of the older generations could absolutely benefit from having more open, transparent, and I think authentic conversations. You bring that in spades, Quincy. I can't wait to see sort of, you know, how you continue to grow. Is this going to be the the first of many books? Uh, what, what's I'm hoping the plan? that it's the first of many. Yeah. Okay. Can you give a give a preview of just some of your thoughts around what you're looking to to write about? Is it going to be Frankie goes into another environment. Is it going to be around anxiety or are you going to really branch out? I think that, you know, just because I have so much experience with anxiety, it's still going to kind of be in that atmosphere. But, you know, right now I'm really focusing on just getting the book out there. I haven't completely solidified a plan <laughs> for the next book. But yeah, I'd say it would definitely be about anxiety as well. Well, continued success. Where can people go to learn more about the book? 
Um, my website, frankiesfishyfeelings.com, and it has a link to donate to get it into underserved schools and, I mean, a link to purchase. And there's also coping strategies um, in there as well, if you just want to look at that. Well, it's so well done. I couldn't recommend it more. Um, you've just did a wonderful job of of talking about and tackling, I think, a, a very difficult um, issue for a lot of people of all ages and doing it in a mm -hmm. way that is it's like you're you're welcoming us into the into the story and i think that that is yeah. a success of a of a children's book uh and one that even adults like myself can learn from uh yeah. quincy caden continued success and look forward to watching your growth and development over time i'm your host dr rod berger this concludes another chapter of on balance connect with me via linkedin twitter and instagram i'm dr rod berger <laughs>